That's what I'm talking about. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. And, you know, anything premature is not right. So I didn't want to come on to the show. I didn't want to sign on to the show until I heard that part that I've been waiting all night. But, you know, I wait all week. And I'm here after waiting a week to come back to do my show. And I am happy to bring you Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. We've had some new additions to the Voice America Sports Channel. Uh, Lemont Williams, uh, Outside the Huddle. Appreciate that show there, Lemont. Uh, you and your co-hosts are doing an excellent job. There. I believe that's Jacob. And, of course, uh, Mr. Cobb, G. Cobb in the house all the way on the East Coast. But, of course, you hear him all over the world. G-Cobb in the house. Appreciate that show. And I believe your co-host is Micah, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, if I if I pronounce that wrong, please do forgive me. But G-Cobb in the house. G-Cobb's been doing an excellent job in the media for a very long time. Uh, great ball player. Played with me there in Philly uh, with the Eagles. Uh, G. Cobb. You know, G is known for doing a lot of very good things on the football field. But G is also... Uh, one who was a part of that uh, that that monumental trade in the sense that people will never forget it because of the fact that uh, G came into Philly and, of course, Wilbert Montgomery went to uh, the Detroit Lions, I believe. Wilbert ended up going over there, but uh, G was a part of that trade. Uh, but G is known for what he did on the field, not necessarily for that trade, and continues to bring some tremendous insight into the sports world of what's happening. And I certainly appreciate having him on board. But... Later today, it's, it's something very special that's going to happen here at Voice America Sports. And as the network director, I, I take tremendous pride in, uh, in the talent that they we're able to bring here and, and the people who have, uh, many of them who have played in the National Football League. And, and most of them, just about everybody who was on this network was not just a member of a National Football League team. I'm talking starters. I'm talking about impact players. Uh, guys who uh, had tremendous careers, all pros, uh, great ball players, and uh, I'm sure they provide uh, our listening audience with great memories, but more importantly, their perspective of the game. Because believe me, the perspective of the game is so much different once you've got an opportunity to participate in the game. You'll hear many people say, uh, when you talk about football season and you talk about preseason, you talk about OTAs, uh, you talk about uh, just off-season training, period. And then you go into mini camps, and then you go into uh, two-a-days, and then you have preseason, and then you have game time. There is nothing like game time. Everything steps up. It's almost like it's evolving, then it explodes, because once the season starts, it's a whole nother ball game. And then, of course, once the season starts, then you go into the playoffs, and then the playoffs, you take it to another level. And then after you do that, of course, there's the Super Bowl. And that, you know, that boy, that's, that's everybody's dream that ever plays sports. And I'll tell you one thing about dreams. You know, dreams are something, many of the dreams of these professional athletes that we're talking about here again on Rail of Sports with the Voice America Network, uh, they come true for athletes who have dreamed their entire life to participate in the game. 
And there are some people today, a special moment today is going to happen is, you know, a person who perhaps may be part of his transition, his dream is to, when he's done playing football, to get behind the mic. But before that, he wants to get himself prepared for that. And so Desmond Clark, tight end for the Chicago Bears, is going to make history for us here because he's going to have his, uh, he'll be the first current player who will host his show on Voice America Sports. And he will continue to have his show uh, on Tuesdays. And his show, of course, will come on uh, Pacific time. I'm going to say 3 o'clock Pacific. And I hope I got that right. If not, just, just stay tuned for Voice America Sports. He'll be here. He'll be live. So we want to welcome Daz and his show. And I believe his show is Sportsmanlike Conduct. Desmond Clark, and he's got a few co-hosts with him as well. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about dreams of, 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 of ball players uh, and how those dreams start. Because there are about to become, in a very short period of time, new people who will come onto the stage as professional football players. And this will be, again, an ongoing part of their dreams of which started when they were kids. And I say that because I'm now about to pay tribute to a man who, who helped my dream become a reality and who is, as of yesterday, you know, no longer here with us, but amongst us. And that's the great Harry Callis. I want many of you out there who are listening to understand that there's, there's certain things about a professional athlete that once you reach that pinnacle and you become that, there are still things that are a part of that game and a part of your dream and, and a part of your, your, your uh, boy, the journey to become that, that even once you get there on that stage, you many times have to pinch yourself and think, wow, am I, am I really here? Did it really happen? Did he really just say my name? Harry Callis is one of the greatest voices that you would ever hear in life. It was a very distinguished voice. It was a voice that as a young athlete, you would hope that one day that Harry Callis would say your name. You know, I, I just remember just hearing Harry when I was in Philadelphia playing ball there. And, and even still, you know, when I travel back there hearing Harry, particularly when he called baseball games. And, and Michael Smith played, uh, Michael Jack Smith paid tribute to Harry Callis in saying that, you know, he just couldn't wait to get into the locker room to, to hear how Harry had called his home run. You know, and it's out of here. <laughs> you know, Harry Callis. And, and again, that emulation, if that was what I tried to do just now, was just something just to just to pay tribute. It's out of here. You know, a Harry Callis, one of the greatest voices. And, and the pieces that he would do with NFL films – they would send chills down your body. It, you know, there are a few things that you can do in life that when you do it for a second time or when you see it again, it touches you to the point where, you know, as I think the great Jerry Rice says, it makes the hair on your back stand up. When you hear Harry Callis add, you know, some effects sound effects to it in terms of just the way he delivered it wasn't like it was just a natural speech pattern his delivery was so unique it's almost like it was a a, a patented sound effect the way he would call a game just a unique distinctive voice one of the greatest that there ever was and of course there's some other great ones out there we remember those great ones howard cosell john facenda 
I mean, they were people. And and there are many athletes out there besides myself. They know exactly what I you know what I'm talking about. And that is you you just would hope that you could make it to the league so that you could be a part of a game or a part of a highlight film where one of those three men I just mentioned, Harry Callis, Howard Cosell, or John Facenda, would mention your name. Because if they did, you knew you had made it. And to see Harry and to know Harry to shake his hand, wow. And so once, even once you make it on that stage, I remember, you know, Magic Johnson, when, when Magic made it into the NBA, I remember him writing and telling a story one time about, you know, calling back to his friends and, and telling them about the circles of which he would travel and the people that were a part of that. See, once you make it to the highest level, there's still a, a time of which you go to an adjustment period of understanding that I am here. I am a part of this. But then there's times where there's, 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 there's greatness surrounding you and you realize that and you, you always pay respect to that greatness. And it's almost as if even though you are part of that, you're still not that. And that's what Harry Callis would make you feel like, wow, you know, that's one of the greatest voices that ever existed to ever call a football game, and he just mentioned my name. He said, my, I did something. I've reached this, uh, this plateau of professional sports, and now Harry Callis is going to say my name. And unless you've done that, unless you've been there, you probably don't know exactly what I'm talking about at this moment, but then there are those of you that know you know. If I hear a game, if, I, if it's a highlight reel I want to look at, I want to see, I want to hear Harry. Add the commentary, you know, commentary to that. I want him to do that. You know, you want him to do your highlight reel. You don't want somebody else. You want, oh, is is Harry Callis doing our highlight reel? So I just, I I just really wanted to take the time out just to just, wow. Sometimes you just can't believe that these people leave the earth. It's almost like they're never going to leave. They're going to, they're going to always be here, right? But it kind of brings it home to the point where, you understand that regardless of who you are, boy, life goes on. The game goes on. And the game is going to have to go on. We're, we're not going to. Somebody else is going to step up. Somebody else. The, the Philly said they lost their voice. You can lose your voice for a day or two. But someone else, somehow, someone else will, will step into those shoes. And they will become the voice of the Phillies. But it won't be. It it will not be the same. And I'm just happy that they were able to win the ball game. You know, what little they could do, what could they add to the moment, how could they make that moment special, and you know they could win the ball game. And I'm sure they did their best. You know, if they would have lost, uh, they still would have done their best to try to pay tribute to Harry Callis. So I want to pay tribute. And what I always do whenever something like this happens and I bring it up, I always, in respect of him and his family and what it's meant to me, I take a moment of silence. So I'm going to take a moment of silence right now in tribute to the great Harry Cowles. We're out of here. Okay. We're not out of here yet, but I'm going to have to take a break pretty soon. But, of course, that was my tribute to Harry Cowles. And uh, there was a great man back in Canton, Ohio. Great man, uh, of which Jaime Williams 
was a great voice, and I always wanted him to say my name as well. And as I close my show each each time, I always pay tribute to Jaime Williams in my closing. Those of you who've been listening, you know how I do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take a break because I have to. There's music. That means we got to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be back after this break. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We're back here at the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Of course, before we went to break, I I, I took that entire segment just to pay tribute to uh, a great man with a great voice, and uh, the football world, the sports world, is uh, missing one of uh, our fraternity members, and we certainly want to uh, pay our respects to him and his family. He contributed and gave us so many special moments, and uh, God bless him and his family. Okay, we're going to move on a little bit because, of course, it's, it's, it's getting close to that time. 
uh, and that time is, uh, I guess you all thought I was going to say it's getting close to that time for the uh, NFL draft. Well, it is getting close to that time, too. But it's, it's also getting close to the time for the NBA playoffs. And, um, you know, it's, it's coming very close to the end of the season. I think there's maybe a couple more games to be played. And what's starting to happen now is the, the playoff pitch is already there. And so what's happening now is a lot of people are starting to play people that have never played, you know, the entire season almost. And, and some players are starting to surface. Uh, but it's, it's job interviews. It's job interviews for a lot of those people because, you know, but get basketball players, their money's guaranteed. So they don't necessarily – the job interview is a little different because it could be all about perhaps maybe being traded, not necessarily being cut. And even if they are cut, guess what? They still get paid. So they – you know, some of the guys – and this is something that they just started doing recently because years ago they they didn't do that. At the end of the basketball season, the basketball players, they never took time out to rest their players. They, they didn't do that. They played you through the entire, you know, season up until the very last game almost to the very last minute. But, you know, and, I, and I'm not going to say that players are, are more fragile nowadays, but I think it's just a different perspective as, you know, how you approach the playoffs and, and how you prepare your team for the playoffs. The basketball season is a very long basketball season, and there are people that are starting to get banged up. But there are some things that are, that are coming down uh, in terms of who's going to be the most valuable player. Uh, is it going to be LeBron James? Uh, is it going to be Kobe Bryant? Is it going to be Dwayne Wade? And and then they talk about the greatness too. You know, uh, you know the heir apparent is it? You know of Michael Jordan. Is it LeBron James? Uh, you know, is it Kobe Bryant? You know, and 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 those are some things that are being debated. Uh, one thing I want people to stop and think about: LeBron James is being compared to two of the greatest ball players to ever. There's no question. And in my mind or anybody out there knows anything about sports, how good Kobe Bryant is and how, you know, how great Michael Jordan was. You know, Michael, you know, probably some people might dispute it, but there's no doubt about it. When you think about the greatest players ever played a game, Michael Jordan's name will always come up. In my mind, he was the greatest player that I saw play. Uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, there's no doubt in my mind when you think about the best players to ever play the game, of the years of which I've been watching and witnessing basketball games being played, Kobe Bryant is one of those. Now, the fact of the matter is there's always this discussion about, you know, great players and Hall of Fame players in order for, you know, the legitimacy of their careers um, to uh, have, you know, get to the point where we can say, okay, that person is a legitimate, you know, one of the greatest players to ever play. You know, he, he's a Hall of Famer, and it justifiably so because he's done X, Y, and Z. Here's his stats, uh, and also he's won championships. And LeBron James, there is no doubt in my mind, if I ever had to have a basketball team, I would want LeBron James on my basketball team. I don't care if you go back to when basketball first started to, and, until last night. LeBron James is on my basketball team. Now, does LeBron James... In order to be one of the greatest players to ever play a game, does he have to win a championship? If you want to compare him to the heir apparent of Michael Jordan, can you do this at this time? 
Has is he the heir apparent of Michael Jordan? LeBron James, ladies and gentlemen, is only 24 years old. Kobe, I believe, is every bit of 30. LeBron is only 24 years old. There is no doubt in my mind. Again, I'm going to go back. If I had a basketball team, LeBron James is on my basketball team. If it's the last shot of the game of the greatest players that I had, if I wanted the ball in somebody's hand, whose hand did I want the ball in? There's two people that I would consider. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Would I want the ball in LeBron James's hand at this point in time? No, I would not. Why? It's because LeBron, again, when it's on the line, when there's an opportunity to go to the next level to become the champions of the NBA, he's not proven he could do that yet. He's proven that he's one of the greatest ball players to ever play the game, but he has not proven to me as of yet that he is the player when the game is on the line to win it all that you want to give the ball to LeBron. Just haven't proven it. He's proven a whole lot of other things. Now, LeBron has talked about that he's very much aware the kid is from Akron, Ohio. It's like a half an hour south of Cleveland. He, he's very much aware of, again, the setbacks, the disappointment of all those teams that was there. Thank you for reminding me, LeBron. Those who have come up short. He now is in that category, too. He has to take what he didn't do last year and the year before that. And the year before that, the expectations is LeBron would deliver a championship, and he hasn't. But he's only 24 years old. So he's still got years ahead of him and opportunities ahead of him to deliver on that. But is he the heir apparent to Michael Jordan at this time? No. That crown goes to Kobe Bryant. Kobe stepped up when Michael stepped down, won his championships with Shaq. Now, he hasn't done it with the Lakers without Shaq yet, but he deservingly should wear that crown. And and perhaps maybe, in my opinion, LeBron should be the heir apparent or will possibly become the heir apparent to Kobe Bryant. But see, because of the fact that these the careers have kind of overlapped, you know, Michael, of course, on his way out, handed it off to Kobe. Kobe on his way out, I believe, can hand it off to LeBron. LeBron, and that could be three, four, five years down the road. You know, again, four years down the road, LeBron James is 27 years old. Perhaps maybe Kobe steps away from the game. LeBron then takes it over, and he gets some championships. I don't know. He's got the cast around him, you know, this year, you know, hey, he's got the cast. There's no reason why, you know, his team can't do it. They got the best record. They've lost one game at home. They have home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. That means that, hey, there's no, there's no excuses. And so if there's no excuses, that should mean they've only lost one game in Cleveland this entire basketball season. LeBron, mm, if you don't win, now there are a lot of questions do come to mind. And that is, okay, when it's on the line, can they count on you? Are you the go-to guy? Because now the games are at home. And all year long, you've won those games at, at home. And so now it's time for you. It's time for you to deliver. I'm not playing anymore. I can't do it, LeBron. you got to do it. And so that, you know, that, that's my basketball rant for, you know, for the time. You know, it's that no, LeBron is not yet the heir apparent to Air Jordan. That is Kobe Bryant. 
But yes, LeBron, it's time for you to step up and deliver a championship. I think you have years left in the tank where you can do it later. But with the team that you have now, and you're here, since you brought it up about all the dismal sports uh, championship, lack of championships, how dismal things have been in that area because, man, we've taken you guys to the brink and didn't deliver. Okay, you do it. You want the ball, you ask for the ball. It's your turn. It's your time. You go ahead and do it. So LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be champions of the NBA. Uh, that's what I'm suggesting may come true. Uh, let, me, let me talk about a little bit about something that's back in the news again, and that's Andre Smith, offensive tackle. At Alabama, you know, I told you guys a while ago that, you know, he made some bad choices. And there's one thing that I, I'm happy about this young man has done, and, and that is he has he's understood that he's in control of his life. He has to make some tough decisions for himself, and he made one. I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision to fire his agent, but he fired his agent. For what reason? You know, I don't know all the details. Uh, again, this is a sports talk show, uh, and so I'm talking about sports, and I'm going to talk about it from my perspective as as an athlete, and I will tell you this. That's not an easy decision to make to get rid of your agent, but when you you know make the assessment with those people around you that care about you most, and you look at as you're packaging yourself and uh, all those things and all those parts, those moving parts um, that are es- essential for you to have a successful career, and, and, and those who represent you and they manage you, uh, you know, though it, it's important that you have the right people. You're getting the right kind of information. And for some reason or another, he was, I think he was getting the wrong information. And so he, he, ma- he made a decision to get rid of him. And I think that could help him. I think that could possibly help him uh, because he may be relying on that person um, for, for information and guidance based upon, you know, some things that he wants to do as it pertains to his, his NFL career. And that person maybe gave him some bad information, and that bad information uh, consequently uh, has, you know, dropped him, you know, on the charts. Now, these are, again, the fact that he's dropped on these mock draft charts, again, those, those are, that's just it. We're making a mockery of the draft because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. He could end up being the first pick in the draft by the Detroit Lions. They need a tackle. Why not? They don't want to take a quarterback. They're afraid to take a quarterback. They don't have the, the fortitude to step up and take a quarterback. Although there's a couple good ones out there, they, 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 don't, they don't know. They're, they're, they're afraid. So they might want to take a safe pick. And, and who knows if, if, if Andre Smith is going to be a safe pick. But Andre is trying to ease those uh the thoughts of those who think he may not be a safe pick by making some good decisions i think i heard a music a little bit of music creep, creeping up there that means i of course i've got to i gotta go to break i'm having a lot of fun here i'm enjoying this i'm going to talk to you a little bit more on the other side of the break you're listening to ray ellis sports on the voice america network of course we're in finney's living like it matters we'll be right back after this message Beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. 
with 2.8 seconds left. To left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Uh, before I went to break, I started to talk a little bit about the draft. And, of course, I started to talk about uh, Andre Smith, uh, offensive tackle at Alabama. And perhaps maybe uh, he's starting to move his way back up on, at least on some mock drafts. And uh, so I started to talk about that a little bit. But I believe I got a caller there. I believe Al from Jacksonville. Al, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, I just want to call you. I, I, I'm sorry I missed out. I tried to call last week when you were talking about football university, and I, I, I had a great experience down in Orlando with football university, and I just wanted to give you a call and let you know I had a great time down there as well. Well, you know that's uh, you know that's amazing that you talk about that, and, and, and it's and it's resurfaced because I earlier you know when I was paying. Uh, uh, tribute, of course, to uh, Harry Callis, the great voice from NFL Films and from uh, Major League Baseball and the voice of the Phillies. I talked about how he was uh, he was one of those people that kind of ignited the dreams 
of, of young athletes because you just hear that voice and it resonates and, and, and it turns your head and you look and, and there's a ball game on. And then you hope and pray that one day you grow up and, and he gets a chance to announce a game or call a game or a highlight film and he calls your name and your parents get a chance to see that. Well, all that stuff happens too at football university because they got these, you know, these great football players that you sit there and, and you're being coached by them as a high school athlete and you've probably seen them on TV before or you've probably you know seeing some of their highlight films and 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 they're instructing you and they're giving you the best you know expert advice you possibly could get and they just do a great job so you know i i too i've been advocating for for this organization for some time and they they continue to to mold kids and 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 help them in terms of um you know developing their skill sets so that all of us will have something to do on on saturdays and sundays and that's watch football (laughs) I, I tell you, my kid was down there, and he he had a time of his life, and uh, you know he he had Andre Rising down there, and he was coaching him, and Andre did a great job, and you know I just looked at how they you know how the the coaches identified with the players, and you know they were able to get that extra out of them, and um, you know they did a great job, and I, I looked at what. Uh, uh, you know, my kid was, you know, very pleased and excited about being down there and training, and I thought that he gave that extra, and it, it made a big difference to him. And uh, I looked at it and I thought, you know, well, you know, I, I really enjoyed. It. I never seen any camp like it. I never seen anybody, you know, any training that we did. You know, that, and we've been to a few camps out there, and uh, this, you know, it's the first time we ever went to a camp where uh, we had that kind of knowledge on the field. So, you know, my son was very pleased and he was excited, and uh, I think that uh, you know it definitely fulfilled a lot of things in him that he was able now to go work on and help his game get better. And um, you know, and I, I had the pleasure to find out that you guys were talking about it last week and I wanted to uh, try to chime in but I was a little late on the gun but I thought that uh, you know, maybe I'll get on the phone this week and get a chance to talk to you and, and let you know that I also had a chance to experience that and very excited and, uh, and uh, you know looking forward to uh, you know next year's uh, uh, camp in Orlando Well that's good and, and as I said those uh, young men that are working with like you said you mentioned uh, Andre Rise and I know Andre was here in Arizona uh, Carl Hairston was here. Irv Eatman was here. Uh, there was a couple. Phil McCockney was here. Uh, there were a, a lot of you know, very, very good ball players that were here providing some instruction to these young men. As I said, you know, those young men, you know, early intervention in a child's life in any aspect of his life is only going to help that child become a better uh, person at whatever it is that they're working on at that particular time and the fact that there's early intervention and to break some old habits and to instruct them the right way to do things on the football field is is, is really priceless i know there is a, a pretty steep price to that camp to participate yeah. in that camp but you know i told you know my perspective was parents should save up their money and allow their kids to go to that one camp if they can't afford it you know two times but at least once uh, because that that learning experience will be invaluable in going forward. I know my son who worked also with uh, Andre Risen, you know, came home, had taken notes, you know, went over those notes. I have him go back to those notes. I have him go over those things that he was instructed to do by Andre. And uh, and I'm sure it's going to make him a, a better player. But I, I remember being a kid in Canton, Ohio, growing up, seeing you know, Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame game come in and, and, and professional athletes just walk by me. The fact that they just walked by me you know, inspired me, never got a chance to spend time with these guys, hours to sit into a classroom with them and have them, you know, 
critique, you know, my play on the field based upon uh, some film that was captured earlier in the day and have them come back and actually analyze what I'm doing, critique it, instruct me as to what's the right way to do things and then go out and watch me do it on the field. So uh, I want in case any of those folks are out there from football university, again, great job. You know, and appreciate them uh, calling. But listen, let me ask you something. I mean, if you're calling in from down there, Jack, one thing about Jacksonville down there, the, you know, the Jaguars, uh, you know, Maurice James Drew, you know, uh, I, I don't know if, if you know, I, he's a little bit small to carry on, you know, the load of running the ball every down. You, you think Jacksonville will go after a running back down there? I don't think so. I think Maurice Jones-Drew is the perfect uh, fit for Jacksonville. We, you know, a lot of times those small running backs are the ones that you can't find. So those kind of guys are the ones that if you can get an effective one that's a small back that, you know, hides behind that six-foot-eight lineman, you know, they're the toughest ones, the tougher ones to, to, to go against. It's those big backs that, uh, you know, it's easy to spot. They're the ones that have a tough time making it. It's those little guys, you know, the Barry Sanders and the Brian Westbrooks of the world that, you know, they're so elusive because they're so small and they get between those linemen, you can't find them. Well, it's interesting. when they come shooting out of there, you know, like Maurice Jones, Drew is uh, an outstanding player. He's strong and he, he really makes plays happen. And I think a guy like him will do very well um, as part of, uh, you know, as a main feature back for the Jaguars. Well, I think he'll be good as the feature back. But I think, you know, it's just become a two-platoon type of uh, running attack throughout the NFL. And guys aren't carrying the ball, you know, 20, 30 times anymore to win ball games. And, in fact, those who, who have been uh, asked to, to kind of tote the load, if you will, uh, get banged up a lot. And, 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 again, the defensive players are getting bigger, stronger, faster, and I think that's just a lot of punishment. But it's interesting you bring up, you know, small and quick and elusive because, you know, I had this comment that I made last week, and I kind of want to bring it up again about the, 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 the changes that I believe will be seen on the offensive side of the ball and also on the defensive side of the ball at certain skill positions. And as an example, the wide receivers and the defensive backs. And and I believe that it will happen because, as you know, you may know, uh, Al, the rules have been changed. And so you now cannot just unload on wide receivers that are unprotected and going up after a ball. And as they come across the middle of the field, you can't just unload it. You can't use your helmet. You can't use your shoulder. And if they're and if they're if they've exposed their bodies because they've jumped up to catch a high pass, you can't take them out. So I'm thinking that the smaller, quicker, elusive guy is going to find his way back onto the football field where he's been. You know, he's kind of disappeared the past few years. I looked at Darren Sproles last year for the San Diego Chargers. Exactly. When I looked at him, and I felt it was like some of the defenders had a hard time. It was almost like trying to catch a rabbit. There you go. You know, that's the most effective kind of player when you look at it and you say, you know, here's a kid here that can merely make things, you know, people miss because, again, he was that small back. And, you know, and I think that, you know, that's where Maurice is. And Maurice looks at it and he's, he's very elusive. He's strong, but he's powerful. But he, he, can, he can get between those linemen and make those plays happen. And it's very difficult for a defense to now try to find him all the time. Well, you know, and you it's, mentioned. It's so effective. So I think, uh, to me, I, I, I wouldn't do that if I was the Jaguars. I mean, I would look for some kind of lineman to just sustain the ability to, to move that ball. 
Well, you me- you you mentioned the fact that uh, you know that Darren Sproles not now Darren obviously is, is somebody who's coming out of the backfield. He he is a he's a running back. Barry Sanders, you mentioned that too. You know, a great running back, and and they've kind of been far and few between. But as I my point was the receiving position, because as you know, there had been somewhat uh, of an agreement, and you know everybody had been in agreement that. The new receiver that everybody needed was the big, strong, wide receiver for one in the red zone so he could jump up and catch the passes, but also so that he could go across the middle and and catch some passes, you know, because he was a bigger guy, a stronger guy. And uh, therefore, the punishment wouldn't be, you know, as bad for him. And he perhaps maybe could, could deal with the punishment as opposed to a smaller guy. The smaller guy I now. I think that's why they make tight ends. Yeah, but they make tight ends. They make tight ends like I, I Tony Gonzalez. Affect the receiver. Uh, I think if, there, if there's a receiver out there that can make plays, um, you know, and he's doing his uh, running his patterns correctly, then a guy like uh, uh, one of these young college receivers that are coming. I think there's a lot of them this year. Um, I think you know there's going to be a few that are going to step up and really become very good NFL receivers. Now, if you get one of those guys and you really find the right one to fit the system and be able to fit in there, uh, you'll have a good time having you know having him be a representative of your program for a long time. I think he he can be a Jacksonville Jaguar receiver, you know, for a long time. Now, if you have a guy that's out there that's you know uh, a big receiver, but he can't do you know between the twenties, then that's a guy there that you may. Hey, Al, let me ask you a question. Now, there's a guy out there now, and I'm going to ask you what's your perspective when it comes to the very first pick of the draft. Uh, and we may have to go to a break here, but we'll continue this conversation on the other side of break. In the event that the music does interrupt us, we'll take that break. But Michael Crabtree's out there. And, 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 and now that he is out there and, and Michael's had surgery on his foot, a stress fracture. I remember Andrew Tony years ago had a stress fracture injury. But would you take a chance in saying that the number one person in the draft is somebody that just had surgery? I would think that a healthy body has got to be better than one that's just had surgery. And not to say that he's not going to recover. But, okay, we got the music there. We got, hey, Al, we got the music there. Hey, Al, we got the music. We're going to have to take a break. But we're going to answer that on the other side of this commercial break. But think about it. A guy's injured, just had surgery. But some people still think he's the best person in this year's draft. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. We got music. We got to take a break, but we're going to be back. Come back with us. ever seen for dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. From the dope spot with the smoke block, picking the murder scene. You know. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter formerly with the Arizona Cardinals San Diego Chargers and St. Louis Rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you 
every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports all righty of course we're back you listen to rail sports on the voice america network and time just always seems to fly i guess i'm into the last segment but i, I want to continue the discussion with uh, of course our caller who's called in uh, we got Al on the line. And, Al, before we went to break, you know, you were talking about a receiver. You and I were talking about the receivers and, and you know, my perspective where they're going to change. Uh, you had some comment about, you know, if he can't uh, contribute for you uh, down in the red zone, perhaps the only place that he can contribute is the red zone. Perhaps maybe you need to look at a, another receiver. But let's look at Michael Crabtree. And I guess my question would be, let's you be the GM now. Okay, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the Detroit Lions, but let's just say Michael Crabtree is on the board. And I'm saying right now he's going into this draft, and some people feel as if Michael Crabtree is the best player, the best athlete in this draft. But I'm asking you, when you make your assessment of this athlete who who just had surgery, does he still remain the number one athlete in the draft if he just came off of a foot surgery? I think he's going, to, he's going to be an outstanding player in the NFL, and I think that it's tough to, to say, well, will he walk into the NFL and be a star immediately? Uh, but I think he will be a great one. I think he's going to be a very one of the top receivers in the league eventually, uh, a la Larry Fitzgerald. Um, you know, did the spread offense help his stats? Sure, it helps anybody's stats. But I think what happens is, is you got Larry Fitzgerald, is showing that a guy can develop to be a great player and that I think in three years from now that would be a great pick to have a guy like him, you know. And so I would take him because I think he would be that guy. Now, as of right now, um, he's a great addition to a receiving core. So if you have a Michael Crabtree and he's your third receiver, you're, you're going to have a devastating day coming out of him, you know, or a year even with the first year because he'll be going one-on-one with safeties and nickelbacks, and I think he'll really be able to show skills um, against programs like that. Now, even with the Philadelphia Eagles used Deshaun Jackson in a similar fashion where they really never made him the one, they always had him as a 2-3, um, and even though he played like the one, he was always in the two-three position, and uh, which he ended up going against the other safeties, and he never was going up one-on-one with the, the marquee corner. 
and uh, which able, enabled him to, to, to actually have a productive season as a rookie. So I think if if he's drafted by the right team, he's going to have a good he's going to have a good rookie year. Well, let me let me just okay. So I, and I get your opinion. So you so you like the kid. You think that if he gets the right situation, he'll have a pretty good career. I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say that if I'm a GM and I'm going into a draft, and there are different people that are on the board, and I've got multiple needs going into the draft, I'm just going to be concerned if the first pick that I take is one of which the person just came off foot surgery. And I remember a person, you know, back in my days, you know, Keith Byers, you know, that happened when I was in Philly. We, we chose Keith Byers with our first pick and Keith had a, a foot injury and had to have surgery and, and he recovered and it worked out well. It worked out, uh, you know, Keith being a very, very good and a very productive player in the NFL. And, and so it worked. So it can work out that way. I just wondered I would be a little bit nervous. So let me go to Detroit and and look at that first pick of the draft. Do you think I mean if 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 Stafford's there do you are are you afraid as a GM to take him as a quarterback or do you take him? Well, you know, I think when you get a, a rookie quarterback like that, I, I, if you're going to go for Stafford, um the best thing you do if you want to get productions, you got to have to get in line. You know, um because he needs protection. And especially with the left tackle is going to be a very uh, it's going to be major. So until the day where they decided to put money into building themselves a line, uh, I don't think it will matter who's that quarterback because he won't be up on uh, standing up long enough to get a pass off. So you do know, you go for uh, the offensive? So so you go for the offensive tackle before you even think about getting that. Uh, exactly, getting I think you would need to get an offensive tackle or a trade, or or you know I, I guess they missed their free agent market as far as trying to get a, a you know a top lead uh, offensive lineman. But uh, if I if I if I had if I was the Detroit Lions, I would have overpaid for at least a, a Trey Thomas, uh, you know, a great offensive tackle that was available, at least to show up until you were able to develop, you know, the team. And uh, he would have been a nice, you know, uh, gap filler for now. So a guy like him that's a veteran tackle that that worked on a lot of championship teams, he was a great fit for for what the Detroit Lions needed. Well, you know, one thing about it, I can say this to you there, Al, is, is, you know, this isn't an exact science because as you go throughout, you know, you search the web and you look at information out there and you list at various broadcasts, whether it be on, you know, the NFL Network or ESPN or, or as I say, you check on the web, you know, and there's these various mock drafts. Nobody has the exact draft. So it's, it's not we don't have it to a science. And th- at this particular time, I don't think anybody really has it as a science. So if you say Detroit, uh, you know, they don't pick Stafford. Let me ask you this, because your opinion could be the right opinion. If you are Detroit and you just went 0-16, what side of the ball do you build first to rebuild your team? Well, I think we'd see that's what Matt. That's what happened to Matt Millen. Matt Millen kept going for those receivers and the marquee positions, but what happened was he never shored up the key positions that were going to be the base of that team, and that was the lines, offensive and defensive lines. And I think he had went so many skilled positions with running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers um, that you know you got to win with your defense. You know, you excite him on offense, but then again, he never went for the offensive line. And the offensive line was really pitch and patch. And, and what he needed to do was kind of bring in some of these top, you know, free agents that were out there. I think the New York Jets showed you that last year. The New York Jets really stepped up from the year before. They were pretty a putrid team the year before, and 
I think the New York Jets went out there and they really built their offensive line. And they didn't build it all the way, but they added a few pieces missing, and they really just missed the playoffs. Um, I think that, uh, you know, a team these days, if you can get a few good, um, you know, outstanding uh, free agents on the market, on the line, and you can build yourself a program, then you got yourself a nice running game. You got yourself a nice knowledgeable, t- uh, you know, without the rookie mistakes. You got yourself a nice program there. You got a nice team, and, and I think what's going to happen is that you know if they're going to decide that Detroit needs to step up. They're going to have to do it without just getting another skill position. Well, I'm a, I'm going to agree with you about the the line, but I'm not going to necessarily agree with you with the line. But what I am going to agree with you is I think Matt McMillan made some bad decisions in terms of you know how he tried to build that team. And, exactly. and one one thing about it, you know, and and playing the game for so many years is that it's really a chess match. And what you want to try to do is you want to try to shorten the field in any way that you possibly can. Right. And, the, and the offense is, is not the side of the ball of which you look to to shorten the field for you. You look at the defensive side of the ball and you look at the special teams. If, if, you're special, if you can improve your special teams right. and if your defense can hold the offense to a minimum, three in and three out, you got a good punter when you need to punt the ball. If you got a return team, you got a good return team when you need to return the ball, you can shorten the field and then now if you got a good field goal kicker so really what happens is your special teams and your defense can help accelerate the time of which this team turns around if you look at it and you take that approach and Matt, Matt Millen of course as you said and I agree with you he just kept going after the skill positions Right, and and, and 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 just so you know, that a guy like a Matt Millen, he knows the game just as well as anybody else. He made those bad decisions, but it's not that he didn't have knowledge for the games. He does know the games. The problem with a guy like with what happened with a guy like Matt Millen was that the fact that he went for all those positions. The base of it was that you know in the game of football is that when you saying exactly right is shortening the field, is that part of shortening the field on for defense is that your offense needs to be able to run that ball, needs to move it downfield. And 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 you need the kind of linemen that are able to sustain that, you know, and so if you have a Pittsburgh Steeler offensive lineman, you go get that guy if he's available. You got to start lineman for the Steelers. You got to start lineman for the Eagles. You got to start lineman for proven linemen that are able to sustain that kind of blocking, you know, level. And if you have a guy like that that, that becomes available, you get that guy, and you make that the base of your offense. And you get a guy that you you can run that ball. Now you don't. You know, you can build that, but off that run, you can pass, you can get it down there, and that will shorten the field, and that will help your defense get some rest without being on the field too much. Hey, Al, listen, man, I hate to say this, but we got music, and I don't know why we got music. I thought the music might be a little bit early, but you know if I got music, if you listen to my show, that means <laughs> we. this is not a break we got to go to, but it's time for our show to end. I want to ask you to call back next week so we can continue this conversation because you made some interesting points, but what I wanted to bring to your attention also, it looks like coaching is a big issue. Out of the top five picks, all those teams got new coaches. Wow. Yeah. Detroit, yeah. St. Louis, Kansas City, Seattle, and Cleveland. They yeah. all have got new coaches. Hey, our time has come to an end. Um, you know, it's been great. It's been a great show. I appreciate it. I always have fun when we do this. We do this every Tuesday at 1 o'clock Pacific time. I want you to join me again. But I want all those out there listening to be sure to, to join uh, sportsman-like conduct, Desmond Clark, tight end for the Chicago Bears, will come. He may have a little bit to say about Jay Cutler. 
You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. If I got some more music, that means I got to go. As always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.